What is this? Okay. So here's the best. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, what is going on? So I just looked up best. I just looked up best of the 2010s to see if we could find a good list to tee off on in that way. (laughs) But everything was just like fucking best movies or best songs or best albums or something. I don't really care about that. I want like an over, like best everything. Like (laughs) best things that happen. Truly like best events or like best, most influential people. Well, we don't need a resource for that. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me what yours were? What were your highlights of 2010 to 2020? Boy. Well, where were you in 2010? What were you up to? Well, in 2010, I was one year graduated from high school. So I was in junior college, and uh, I was in community college, and I was working at TJ Maxx. Had you started jerking off yet? Yeah, I was 19. (laughs) What do you mean? I don't know. Some people start late. That's true. It was not me, though. I was going to say that your first highlight could be, you know, your first... uh for this big wank. Uh, well, I will say probably my I'd never had a serious girlfriend until 2010. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Mukta would frown upon that. Yeah, they were like, that's when things <laughs> that's got when dark. It all went wrong. The year of the, the decade of the cuck. Yeah. That's what really went wrong. By the <laughs> way, Reddit, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you have the Reddit app on your phone, it will occasionally just suggest you posts from things that you're not even subscribed to. Based on your viewing history and your activity, mm-hmm. which I have none, I don't, I don't ever comment, but I think it just must be your viewing history. So you'll get MGTOW posts? I'm getting tons of MGTOW posts. Oh, really? It's like <laughs> trending on r slash MGTOW, and I'm like, I'm not subscribed to r slash MGTOW. Well, I, don't know why you, I don't know why you're telling me this. <laughs> so MGTOW, they love to tell me about MGTOW, and they love to tell me about, like, here's a community we think you'd be interested in. Tool, the band, right. fans. Going back to MGTOW for a second, I yeah. actually... I watched uh did you, did you watch that new uh scorsese movie the irishman i did not yeah is I, it a MGTOW movie no that isn't but i saw that and i was like eh, whatever and went back and watched casino i hadn't seen casino for a while Uh-oh. casino is a fucking MGTOW movie really yeah forget all the gangster shit that's a MGTOW movie that's a movie about uh, like every stereotype that the MGTOWs have about women a right all women are like this oh okay sharon stone's character <laughs> in fucking casino yeah. is just that it's, it's this That's night. what AWALT means? All women are like this, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, go on. Or all women are like that, either way. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you want to really internalize the, <laughs> the fucking tenets of Motown, watch Casino. Go watch Casino. Ooh, I can't it's wait. It's a proper Motown movie, yeah. I like that, man. I've heard The Irishman's good. Did you like it? No. Oh. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think people are... Some people, people didn't ha- like it. I think people are just happy that you've got Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci all together, and Harvey Cartel. Joe guess, and Pesci. Joe Pesci. Who about re- Joe Pesci? Well, he'd retired for I think Casino was one of his last movies before he retired, and then he turns he turns up in this looking like absolute hell. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the the attention it got was for its uh, weird de aging stuff. You hear about that, right? That's yeah. what all the press has been yeah. about. So you've got a bunch of like septuagenarians um, playing these real-life characters throughout the ages. Uh-huh. Starting, I think, with Robert De Niro getting his car fixed by a kindly Joe Pesci. And Robert De Niro is meant to be about 24. Uh-oh. But they've just digitally de-aged him and given him like this dark hair. It looks fucking bizarre. Why didn't they just use makeup? 
Uh, I think it's really hard to. It's, it's easy to age people up, uh, but really hard to age people down with makeup. His face but guess is covered what? in latex, trying to fill a, in his wrinkles. You know, what? I have a feeling that um, Scorsese or whoever was promised things about this technology, and then the technology just didn't live up to it. Oh no! I, I mean, if the thing about the Irishman, if you if it wasn't a Scorsese movie and you didn't know any of those actors. It would be one of the weirdest looking movies ever. Mm. You'd it, it looks like a Tim and Eric like <laughs> sketch because the de aging is so weird. Uh, the some people are kind of being generous to it. They're like, oh well, yeah, you know, Robert De Niro, he, he's seventy nine, and in this he looks like a kind of you know like a kind of fifty year old lizard. <laughs> But he's meant to be 24. So you got him, you know, he's like driving this truck and he his, his truck's having trouble. And then uh, Joe Pesci, the kind of his mentor character, uh, this is how he meets him. He comes along and goes, having trouble with your car, kid? And this is, it's like fucking Robert De Niro. At best, with the de-aging, he still looks about 50. <laughs> and he's meant to be, you know, some like jobbing kid who, who Someone, gets taken Robert in Niro, by the mob. by the way, almost perennially old. He's like, always, I mean, nah. Taxi Driver, he looks young, and that's the last time I remember him looking young. Even in King of Comedy, he looked old as shit. He's, he's kind of fat in that. He's yeah. Got a kind yeah. of chubby face. Yeah. yeah. Um, he looks he looks older. The youngest he looks in The Irishman, he still looks older than he did in Goodfellas. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And it's just kind of weird. And I think they've digitally, they've, they've given him blue eyes. Why? Well, he's meant to be playing an Irishman. Did he used to have blue eyes and his eyes turned black no. like a crow with age? <laughs> no, but he's meant to be playing, as the title would suggest, an Irish Irish American, right? Okay, sure. And Robert De Niro is an Italian American with very yeah. dark features. So I think all they did really to make him look Irish just use contacts then. I don't think they did. I think they gave him this weird because I used to fuck around with After Effects and I would do it yeah. for fun. But yeah, it's like you know what's what's the the pupil. Is oh, also Irons? blue, yeah. Oh, no, the, the, you okay. know the black dot in the middle of your eye. Yeah, that's the that's your pupil, right? Yeah, in the very center. That is also blue. In the close-ups, <laughs> it looks like it looks like they rushed it. Like they rushed. Fuck the, yeah, dude, that rules. And also the, you know, the hands. Like Al Pacino suffers least from the de aging. He sort of looks all right. Yeah, he looks like a real person anyway. Yeah. Whereas Robert De Niro looks like some kind of weird CGI cat creature. When when he's meant to be young, how much of the movie are they de-aged for? Quite a lot. Oh no! Uh, it gets better. It gets less obvious the older the characters are supposed to get, but certainly the first hour or so is pretty unusual. But Al Pacino, you know, so they've done his face like that, but then he's got the hands of a fucking like wizened old, you know, eight year old man. But not only that, um, they move like old people, mm. right? Think about that. Imagine even if they had really convincingly de-aged him. Yeah. Because I was expecting... They're still walking around looking like Joe Para and shit. Yeah, they, like all they, They're like hunched over, over yeah. and fucking weird. I, I mean, with Robertson, when I heard they were going to de-age him, I thought, well, technology's come pretty far. He might look something like he did in Taxi Driver. I, I wow. could imagine them kind of doing that. Like, you know, a deep fate type thing, maybe use a body double. And, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but they didn't. They just kind of gave him this weird de-aging job <laughs> but there's a bit early on where he's like young and he's still full of fucking vim and vigor and all yeah. that and uh i guess some grocer was mean to his daughter so he goes to the grocery store and like throws the guy out into the street and beats the fuck out of him 
but it looks like an eight-year-old man <laughs> kicking him in <laughs> slow motion. It's fucking weird. That scene is one of the oddest things I've ever seen because he's barely, you know, he can't yeah. move fast, and they didn't do anything to. And so the guy, the the actor who's playing the guy getting his ass kicked, is like, oh, he's like, you know, like throwing, <laughs> yes, dude. throwing himself convulsing at yeah. these like tiny little old man kicks. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. But aside from that, you know, you can you can just about get past that. Uh, it's just a boring fucking movie. It's the same story as all Scorsese's other gangster movies. So here's what I'm thinking of watching it because one. Well, okay. Truthfully, I'm never going to watch it. It's three and a half hours. I'm never going to watch... I don't know that I'll ever watch a movie at home again. I just can't. Like, I don't focus at home. I have to go see it in the theaters. And Irishman was in theaters. Now it's gone. I'll wait until it fucking plays at the New Beverly in two years or some shit. I'm not sure it will. I don't think it's going to... I think it's a bit of a... What did you call it? Like a kind of flash in the pan thing? Yeah. Um, I think everyone's excited about it because of all the star power involved and yeah, because there's, there's just something about there's just something about watching movies at home that I just really have a hard time doing. Okay. I have a hard time focusing. But what what I'm trying to say is that yeah. this one I don't think is gonna it's age not even well. Make I, it back no, to I think theaters. everyone's excited about it right now for the reason I just said, but um it's not gonna stand the test of time. Like I say, I think people, it's gonna look really yeah. fucking weird. I've been hearing just as many people, more probably people shitting on it than, but people got legitimately, shockingly angry at Martin Scorsese for saying he doesn't like Marvel movies. Yeah. Have we covered this? I think so. Oh, well, never mind. I mean, but there's nothing interesting about it. It's like a bunch of whiny, overgrown children complaining that yeah. Scorsese's too old to get their get their movies or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Who cares? I will say that... Fuck, dude. <laughs> You're shutting them down left and right. Done. Yeah. Uh, but no, so... Well, I mean, I guess we can always look at what Vulture thinks are the best movies of the 2010s. Invoking Vulture again? But All here's right. the thing. Here's why I'm confused. Because what it says is... I thought it was going to be like, here's the top 10 movies, like a normal human list. But it says, our critics poured over 5,279 of the decade's films... So this is every movie of the 2010s ranked allegedly. Oh what? I don't no. buy that, but I don't know. But I do know list somewhere. that number like one. Uh, let me see. Can I guess it? Can I try and guess? You are not going to guess it, but guess it anyway. Hmm. Can you at least tell me if it's it- a real fucking? Uh, this feels like one of those weird things where it's like well, that's a bit of a wild card. A, a huge. I'm shocked. Oh. 2010. All right, let me try and go it makes back. Makes you question the polling a little bit. Hmm. Is it an Oscar winner? Is it something No, that... not even close. Really? It's way out of left field. Okay. For the whole decade, they say this is one of the best. The the, the best, apparently. This is number one. Hmm. American Pie the Reunion. <laughs> American Wedding. No, actually. 2003. No. Uh, <laughs> um... The Naked Mile. <laughs> That's what it is. Eugene, Le- was Eugene Levy really hanging on to that Dude. franchise, by the have way. Collecting those, the have checks. Have you seen those direct to DVD ones? No, I've They're never even disturbing. seen Past American Pie. They're disturbing. They're What's wrong genuinely with them? fucking gross. What do you mean gross? They're so American Pie. They're like Pie- exploitative? They're like pornographic. They're like solo. Yeah, they're, they're fucking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. They, they shocked me. They shocked and offended me. In um, what way? 
Well, you know, American Pie is, I mean, it's a raunchy teenage Yeah, but the first one has some heart to it. Yeah. It's a little, I mean, like, it's a product of of its times where it's like. No, but what I'm saying is, you know, American Pie was seen as being a raunchy sex comedy, right? Mm -hmm. But it's pretty tame, especially if you look at it now, even compared to Superbad or whatever. There's definitely elements of it that are not woke i'll say that like fucking just like the very casual handling of, woke i mean i'm talking but I mean, about like the very casual handling of broadcasting a chick nude sure to the whole school whatever i'm, okay. I'm talking about the content wise it's not that bad it's not particularly graphic it's not oh yeah, yeah 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 you know you, yeah, you some, could like, watch up jokes and stuff yeah. but it's very tame uh same with the second one and then the third one same thing yeah but um then they did these directed dvd ones which yes. i've seen all of them now the, Why? I think they did four in total. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first one, set a band camp, is fine. It's right. about the same tonally. It's about the same as uh, as the rest of the movies were. But then they did two. I feel like I'm going on a fucking journey here, where it's like we're like we watched the first three. It's all fine, and now we're getting into the shaky waters. And it's like band camp. They're like, all right, we're band camp acceptable. Band camp is about we're all having this, a good time. Band camp is about the same in terms of content. It's about as as raunchy or whatever as the mainstream ones Okay, were. got it. But so we're then starting off, they okay. did two back-to-back with the same characters. So okay. there were two in a row which had pretty much the same characters. Um, uh, the first one was The Naked Mile, and the second one was Beta House, which is especially yeah. bad. That's the worst one. Right. Um, let me Well, let me explain to you. The yeah. Naked Mile begins with a guy ejaculating onto his grandma and killing her. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> in what way? <laughs> what do you mean? It's some convoluted thing. You know that in in the American Pie movies, uh, yeah, there's the, always some the beginning is some embarrassing sexual yeah. incident, right? Yeah. That that's their formula. Yeah. And then the credits come up. Um in yeah. this one they decided, right, we'll have a guy wait for, you know, wait for his family to leave. Yeah. And then he's standing in the living room for some reason completely naked. Starts jerking off with <laughs> headphones on or something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some convoluted means, and then his family come back in, and his grandma is there right as he jizzes. Uh-huh. He jizzes across the room, and it lands on her face, and she dies of a heart attack. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So that's what they led with. Um and then I can't quite remember too much else from that movie. Beta House is just I- wall-to-wall fucking sorted. I mean, I just to kind of just to kind of verify so that people at home know you're not lying. I've pulled it up on Wikipedia here. Uh, here's what it has so far for the first paragraph of the plot summary: Eric Stifler has a difficult time living up to his family name. He is Stephen Matt Stifler's cousin. He's perhaps the only Stifler about to graduate from high school as a virgin. The film opens with Eric feigning illness so that he can stay home and masturbate. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, just as he is about to ejaculate. His parents and grandmother unexpectedly walk into the door and are hit with Eric's semen, after which his grandmother dies of a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> Eric later surmises, Eric's dad later surmises that as a stifler, his son should be out having sex instead of masturbating. Well, that's fucking disturbing. Uh, well, I mean, okay, so that's how they led with, you know, they, they're telling you. That, yeah. that opening scene is telling you something. Is like, yeah. We're going to go a bit further on this one. The rest of the movie, I think there is some pretty gross stuff in it, but it's not especially bad. Um, Beta House is the worst one by far. Beta House has this like Stephen Hawking guy, oh, you no. know, and um, there's I I honestly I've kind of blocked a lot of it out. 
<laughs> what is this movie? It's really nasty. American Pie presents Beta House. Let's yeah, see. Let me it's see if I can find. Gross. I'm looking for like a, a subsection that says reception. That's like was universally reviled. I just remember there being this whole. I, I think the the crux of the plot is based around this whole competition type thing, kind of like a hazing competition. Yeah. Um, which Eugene Levy is. I hope he shot his scenes on a different day to everyone else. I hope he doesn't know what he was involved in. Um, <laughs> I imagine that that is very... Because I like likely. Eugene Levy very much. Yeah, me too. I hope he got paid well, and he's, I hope he didn't ever see the movie. Charming um, actor. Yeah, So, and he's kind of invigilating this whole conversation. I will say that the cover does promise that it is the most outrageous slice of the pie. It really is. <laughs> That's one of the few, one of the few occasions where they're not lying. That's that's not that's not a good thing. <laughs> it really is outrageous. Right. It, it properly offended me, and I can't even remember why. It, it's been about ten years since yeah. I saw it. But um, God, yeah, it was gross. Is there anything in the plot description? I love that someone's had to type up the synopsis. <laughs> it's long, too. I'll read it to you. <laughs> it's an it intricate of, plot. <laughs> you can cut it out if need be. I, I'm sure they uh, won't go into too many after details. After his girlfriend but... Tracy breaks up with him, Eric Stifler and his friend Mike Kuz, Kuzman arrive at the University of Michigan as freshmen. On arriving at his dorm, Eric meets a girl named Ashley Thomas while she is taking a shower in the co-ed bathrooms. He then meets his new roommate, Bobby, and his girlfriend, Margie, while they are having sex. Yeah, so you see, that yeah. whole sentence, yeah. within that yeah. sequence of events, yeah. there will have been about 20 completely reprehensible images, <laughs> lines, <laughs> sentiments. The whole tone of it. Sentiments? No, seriously, if you put like the like, Eraserhead soundtrack <laughs> on that movie, it would make perfect sense. It sounds like... I remember the only movie I've ever watched that like the actual dialogue like really troubled me was uh, Kids. Remember that movie, yeah. Kids? Like, that, it's so the way the, lame, the way, like, I mean, maybe I watched it when I was relatively young. It's a bit like a PSA. Like watching the... But no, like you watching like those kids walk about, around talking about like using the N-word freely. Yeah, yeah. And like, talking about pussy and all that. But I think what scared <laughs> me about it was like, it feels very real. Kids does to me anyway. It did at the time. Yeah, you should watch it again. Yeah, maybe, it I, maybe I do. So well. Yeah, huh? I remember. Yeah, he was talking about like, oh, you know, you got to fuck a virgin because then there's no way you can get AIDS or whatever. Like it was like, whoo. Which Gaspar Noe fucking tried to do recently in climax. The whole first half of climax pretty much is just people talking, really graphically talking blue. Sex. Yeah, talking Ooh. blue. Yeah. Ooh, potty mouths. Anyway, well, I wouldn't approve of that. So what else happens in Beta House? So like? he. <laughs> <laughs> While she's taking a shower in the co-ed bathroom, meets his uh, new roommate Bobby and his girlfriend Margie while they're having sex. Eric is then welcomed by his cousin. <laughs> I like, sorry, I like that they had to add in, while in into, having... a, into a plot synopsis. He met them while they were having sex. Yeah. yeah. Eric is then welcomed by his cousin Dwight Stifler, the leader of the Beta House fraternity. They're really expanding on the Stifler lore in these movies. I didn't realize that Stifler was such a memorable character. The whole, As far as I remember, the whole... Uh... Yeah, all of the straight to DVD movies are basically Stifler spinoffs, but they're various Stifler, relatives. Stifler, no, I mean, look, those movies aren't good to begin with, but Stifler was perhaps the worst part of them. American Pie, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Sean the William Scott ones? character Stifler, yeah, yeah I, I think American Pie is perfectly fine. I think it's completely inoffensive, harmless, a harmless, <laughs> sure, harmless but not good. Comedy. Like it's nothing fine. that I'm like, I want to see more of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather. See, I would honestly rather see more about what happened to Jason Biggs. 
and Alison Hannigan. Well, I'm sure there's an article that will be linked there. <laughs> Why Hollywood won't cast Jason Biggs anymore. <laughs> I meant the character, but also... Oh, I see, right. <laughs> well, the movies basically do follow them. They don't follow Stifler. Yeah, that's but true. These, uh, the spin-offs, though. The spin-offs are the, the, Stifler, are the Stifler yeah. clan. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And Klein with a K. Klein. <laughs> I think quite literally in Better House at one point. Yeah, uh, keep going. Oh, no. <laughs> I seem, I'm getting like flashbacks. It's, it's like repressed memories, you know? <laughs> I get little images where I'm like, oh. Uh, Eric is then welcomed by his cousin Dwight Stifler, the leader of the Beta House fraternity, who invites Eric, Coos, and Bobby to the Beta House party. They meet Wesley, the rust chair of Beta House, who experiences blackouts after drinking alcohol and learn how they can gain eligibility to pledge for the Beta House. They are also informed by Dwight that the Greek house, formed by wealthy nerds, has been trying to shut down Beta House. Eric and Ashley begin dating, but on their first date at a restaurant, Eric has hot hot soup spilled on his legs, so Ashley brings him to her room to clean up. As Ashley rubs lotion on Eric's thigh, he develops an involuntary erection and accidentally ejaculates over (laughs) her possessions? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That's probably one of the most wholesome scenes in the movie. Eric, Eric apologizes. Yeah, fuck. I remember. Think, dude, it's, it's coming back to me. I, I remember think, he like, ejaculates all over the fucking room. Yeah. What's wrong with these, this guy? Well, these movies are basically based in reality, but yeah. the cum shots in the naked <laughs> mile like, and beat a house are expressionists. Ex- they're extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, Eric apologized and explains to Ashley that after breaking up with Tracy, he has not ejaculated in four months, months, masturbation being a taboo in his house because of a previous incident. What? Meanwhile, when he Co- killed his grandma. Oh, yeah, that's right. By ejaculating on her. Meanwhile, remember Coos, that. Coos- <laughs> Meanwhile, Coos falls in love with Ashley's roommate, Denise. However, she is nervous about showing her genitalia and having sex with him. So she gives Coos a hand job oh. instead. Are you remembering? Something's coming back. Yeah, keep going. After talking with Eric, Bobby, and Dwight about Denise, Coos develops a suspicion that Denise might have a penis. So Dwight encourages him to find out. Along with two other so long. Along with two other pledges, Eric Coos and Bobby complete fifty tasks to pledge the beta house, including yeah. getting their posteriors the signed by a stripper. Putting needles in a roll of bread <laughs> making <laughs> them eat shit. I swear to God, it's not far off. It's more graphic than Salo's. Go ahead. <laughs> getting their posteriors signed by a stripper, having sex with a professor. This is Eric Coos and Bobby doing it, okay? Marrying a fellow pledge in Canada and placing a live ostrich in the geek house. Mm. While completing these tasks, the Beta House members are banned from the Silver Dollar, their favorite strip club and bar, after the geek house buys the locale. After they complete their final task, stealing something from the Geek House, Edgar, the president of the Geek House, challenges the Beta House to the Greek Olympiad. Now, I think Edgar is the Stephen Hawking fellow. I think he's crippled badly in a wheelchair. Uh oh! I think does a does an un, an un distasteful fate befall him? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you should, <laughs> he drowns and come. <laughs> Everything is just I goes honestly, back. I actually don't remember, but I remember <laughs> feeling physically so. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Edgar, the president of the Greek of the Geek House, challenges the Beta House to the Greek Olympiad, and the winner is taking the loser's house. Before the competition starts, Dwight learns from Rock, whoever the fuck that is, that while attempting to join the midget fraternity, Edgar had sex with a sheep previously. Mm. What? Okay, so Edgar, let me rewind real quick. 
So uh, Edgar, the president, challenges the Beta House to the Greek Olympiad. So Edgar is the head of the Geek yeah. House. And before the competition starts, Dwight, which is one of the friends, mm-hmm. learns from Rock, who they don't explain who that is, <laughs> that while attempting to join the Midget Fraternity... Oh, yeah. I don't know what that means. There's a midget fraternity. Edgar had sex with a sheep previously. And now, just real quick, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but sex with a sheep is highlighted like a link. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, okay, it's just a zoophilia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> being the Olympiad's last winner. Oh, you going to wait for the plane? Yeah, we're getting okay. attacked right now. Uh, being the <laughs> ISIS is like no more of this American Pie shit. <laughs> uh, All right. Before coincidentally, is also worse than ISIS videos. <laughs> Go ahead. Being the Olympiad's last winner, Beta House alumnus Noah Levenstein—that must be Eugene Levy. Yeah. returns to campus to officiate the competition. Mm. The first game is won by Beta House as Dwight and Edgar compete in removing girls' brassiers. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, it gets better. As part of a public competition? Geek House win the next three match- matches. They are a pugil bout turned lightsaber duel, catching a greased pig, and a two-person 69 race. Um, Any of that sound familiar? That sounds no. all pretty innocuous, I guess. Yeah. Beta House wins the fifth and sixth competitions, a Russian roulette challenge between Dwight and Edgar with aged horse semen. Yep. And a, In the mouth, if I remember correctly. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And a beer drinking competition between all members of both houses, ultimately won by Wesley via a keg stand. During the final striptease challenge, what? Beta House uses Edgar's sheep fetish against him with Margie wearing a sheep costume, resulting yes. in the geek house losing the Greek Olympiad. Now, if I remember correctly, that's the Stephen Hawking fellow. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. He wants to fuck the sheep. I wish I'd seen it more recently, then I'd be able to go into detail. Having won the geek house mansion as well as its members, the beta house hosts a toga party, while Eric comes up with the idea of a new pledge task for the beta house, which is having sex in a movie theater. He does so with Ashley in a makeshift theater in his room. Meanwhile, Kuz and Denise finally sleep together. That's and the heart of the movie right there. Yeah, truly. That's the bomb. And Kuz discovers that what Denise is hiding is the fact that she ejaculates during sex, much yeah. to his excitement. Yeah. The following morning, Wesley wakes up after a blackout and discovers that he has had sex with the Geek House female bodybuilder. In a post credit scene, Edgar instructs a stripper at the Silver Dollar to dance with the headpiece of a sheep costume. Mm. Yeah, that dear, synopsis oh really does not do it justice. You you got to see that movie. I it, don't know if you're into. I would put it up there. I've seen a lot of the like I've said extreme movies, right? August <laughs> Underground, all that. Angels Melancholy, Debris Documentary, all yeah. that. This is up there. It it would fit in pretty nicely with those movies. That synopsis did not make it sound anywhere near as bad as it actually is. But. Um, then they so after they did Beta House, I'm not sure what the reception was. To, I'm not sure yeah. many people saw it. I, I did for some weird reason. Uh, but they followed that up, obviously realizing they'd gone a bit too far. They might have alienated their core group or whatever. Yeah. So they followed it up with one called The Book of Love. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Which wait, is... can I just tell you that one of the reviews was Peter Hammond in Maxim Magazine? Oh, Maxim would love it. He says, it's loaded with sex, laughs, and, and raunchy fun. Banter and memes. And it yeah. may be the most outrageous slice of pie yet. <laughs> yeah. He stole the it... tagline. No, that was probably him. They they probably used that on no, the poster. No, no, no. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't have quotations around it. No. I, he was either paid or he ripped I, the tagline. I mean, also, he's not wrong. It, it is the most <laughs> outrageous, outrageous of the American... Pa- it's one of the most outrageous films I've ever seen. I'm not even lying. <laughs> you should see it. It's gross. Okay, so then after that, it was The Book of then Love. Then they made one... Co- yeah, they obviously went, all right, let's calm down a bit. Like, <laughs> we've, had, we've, had, uh, we've had our fun. You know, we, we've we'll all had a drink. Yeah, but what they actually ended up doing was essentially remaking the first American Pie. It's a bunch of high schoolers, again, um, yeah. wanting to lose their virginity. Well, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It's. Uh, I mean, it it does have a bit where someone gets raped by a moose. But <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay. yeah, again, I'm not joking. Um, I see. I I recall. Uh, actually, recall there was a movie called. Um, there's a movie called the 18 year old virgin. This is back what? in the early days of Netflix, um, when Netflix streaming was mostly just kind of like directed DVD garbage. Yeah. And there was one movie on there called, and it was like kind of marketed like an American Pie type movie, right. but it was called The 18-Year-Old Virgin, which is not ridiculously old to be a virgin. No. Uh, isn't that all. the age of consent? Yeah. Most Americans <laughs> so, and it, But it, it takes place with this 18-year-old girl, um, like very, very attractive actress, um, and she is very upset about the fact that she's a virgin. Okay, they, coming coming toward the end of high school. They've done one for the ladies. They've done one for the ladies, except the lady is smoking hot. And what was really interesting... <laughs> yeah, how could she be a virgin? And what was really interesting about the movie was that it's just... It's almost like a skin flick. Like, there's so much nudity in this movie. Gratuitous, to say the least. But she never gets naked in it. So I'm watching it thinking, oh, I, that's kind of an interesting choice i guess Uh have the protagonist not get naked maybe it was just in her contract but it creates it's like it's an admirable choice i guess but then like i'm not sure they but then weirdly (laughs) about with no character turning point happening whatsoever Mm. because there are sex scenes with her or attempted sex scenes the whole movie is her going around this frat party trying to get laid this sounds kind of good I'd watch it. I like these stupid comedies. Look it up. The 18-year-old virgin. All right. Uh, I I remember one particular particular joke in it because she's she's all into – she's like a nerd, don't you know? Mm. And – That's why she's not getting laid. She's riding riding this this fella, and she starts, like, criticizing his grammar – and she starts hitting him with like bondage gear, like a riding crop or something like that. The virgin that. is doing this? The virgin is hitting him because okay. she's like s- correcting his grammar and he's like all into it. Right. And then at one point, I don't even know how, what the context for this was. Cause I don't know how she didn't know she was wearing it, but she looks down and realizes that she's wearing a strap on. Uh-huh. And so there's this big dildo hanging off of her and she's like, wow, talk about a dangling participle. Oh my Lord. So that's about what we're looking at. Here. Yeah, that's the level of content, the level yeah. of quality that we're getting. Um, All right. That's now that fun. that being said, uh, fascinating movie because no nudity from the main actress until if it's a ninety-minute movie, I would say about the fifty-minute mark. 
And then... So <laughs> about halfway through. A little bit more than halfway through. I would <laughs> right. say two-thirds through. Okay. So maybe, maybe 60 minutes. Uh, then, not only does she get naked completely unceremoniously, yeah. and there's no... Again, there's no turning point. It's not like... I was thinking, oh, maybe if she does get naked, it'll only be... We'll only see it when she's with like the right guy. Maybe or it was reshoots. Maybe, Maybe they did a test. You might be right. Everyone complained. Yeah, no, <laughs> truly. She wasn't I mean, this movie did not have a test no. audience. This movie was made for a budget of four dollars. Right, right, right. But so I'm looking at it, and it's like 60 minutes in. Not only does she get naked, she's then virtually naked the rest of the movie, and there's no anything that changes story wise or character wise yeah. to justify that to a point because there's so much nudity in the movie, and there's so many sex scenes in the movie. That she is conspicuously covered up up until that point. Right. Like they're going out of their way to cover her up and then just they just drop it for no reason. Almost like they got lazy. It may not have been a test audience, but maybe the uh, you know, the filmmaker showed it to his dad. And yeah, that, that some was, weird Larry Flint type <laughs> was, was like, you know what you got to yeah. He's like, oh, well, I'd like to see add more something of that. something for daddy. Yeah. There's a, uh, speaking of virgin yeah. movies or movies about trying to lose your virginity, I'm not sure if you could find this on YouTube, but it was a... I want. I think Channel Four documentary called "The Real Life Forty Year Old Virgin" or something like that. Oh, and it was one of the uh, America doesn't do this as much, as far as I know. But in the UK, we had a real trend of doing these documentaries, and I use that word ex- very exploitation completely. Pieces. It would be yeah. like you know, and next on Channel Four, the boy with an ass for a face, <laughs> and the, you know all these shots of this fucking guy with a fucking ass on his head, you know, yeah. or like trying yeah. to trying to eat cereal and shit, you know, <laughs> but with the sad music underneath it, because you're yeah, meant yeah. to obviously we're, we're, yeah. you're you're gonna sympathize with this yeah. guy, right? Yeah, there's no wait, one wait. going. Oh, I'm coming <laughs> in! Oh, you wouldn't believe it. He's only got a fucking. <laughs> Yeah, it's those guys. Got, that's yeah. the target demo. No, They're all that's sitting it, around dude. the like, dorm. We, oh, mate. Well, this was back in the when I was at that school. You know, yeah. it was before streaming and stuff, so everyone would watch the same shit that came yeah. out. We had four, main, so, five main channels. He's only got an arse for a thing. We had five channels on TV. So yeah, people would come in and be like, "Oh, you'll never see the woman with knackers." <laughs> knackers are testicles. You know. <laughs> the woman who actually had balls. Next on Channel 5. That was John Ronson's early work. No, they'd call it like part of it. It would always be part of a series. It'd be like, yeah, part of the Unusual Bodies series. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? fuck yeah. Hell yeah. So anyway, they had, there was this trend of having these documentaries. Oh, Lorenzo, were, come in. We're only watching the full DVD box set of Unusual Bodies. No, that's the thing. The, the, it was kind of beautiful. Like It wasn't, because uh, it wouldn't be a box set. And it wouldn't be something yeah. you just... Uh, found on streaming it would be something that was almost unbidden it's like you know ephemeral. like <laughs> you just have the tv on in the house yeah. and these things would turn up <laughs> but there yeah. was one uh which was called yeah something to the effect of the real life 40 year old version and it's about this guy who's uh they found this fellow who's a 40 yard and he's a virgin and he's uh you know a bit of a bit of a weirdo obviously Lives with yeah. his mom. He's, a, I think, a postman. Yeah. And so they have all these, you know, obligatory shots of him kind of, you know, wearing these stupid little postman outfit, going around, yeah. delivering mail uh-huh. like an idiot, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking loser. Yeah. And, of course, he can't get laid. Yeah. And, you know, he's talking about, like, the computer games that he likes. And, mm. you know, the tone is very much like, ah, he lives with his mom and, like, she makes oh, him, no. you know, she, like, calls him down for dinner and he comes down and he, like, gives her a kiss on the cheek and all that. I mean, oh, God. But the the, the idea of this. 
this, and you wouldn't. I don't think you'd be allowed to do this on at least not American yeah, network TV. Not. <laughs> but the, the idea was they sent him to Amsterdam. The documentary crew no. paid for him to go to Amsterdam to this oh sex my. class. But what the sex class is now, as you, as you, you know, in the sex. Netherlands, when well, the Netherlands prostitution is legal, yeah. So there's nothing in the law that says that a sex class can't involve, involve a test subject actually having sex. Yeah. So anyway, th- there are all these scenes of him going to these like weird Dutch hippie women. They're like kind of older women um, to do these workshops, and they're teaching him like exercises uh, before it gets physical. <laughs> There's this one show again. Th- any pretense of this being not exploitative and that we're not supposed to make fun of him is yeah. completely destroyed when they have a scene of him doing pelvic thrusts in the mirror and going. Huh, 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 oh my huh, god, dude! Huh. Again, words can't do it justice. You have to see it. You have to see I, his little face. I, but I, <laughs> <laughs> he's going, huh, and he's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like shirtless. But, I mean, the whole thing, I, I, I think his reason for not having sex was that, you know, he's, he's shy. And he's uh, he's got body, uh, you know, he's like a skinny, weird dude. So he's yeah. got, like, body issues and self-esteem issues and all of that. And I'm like, hang on, but you've agreed to do all this yeah. on TV that's going to be broadcast to millions? Like, that doesn't quite add up. But anyway, as it goes on, then she, uh, you know, that one of the old hippie ladies gives him a, gives him a little hand job. And uh, eventually, he, he full-on bangs her. Um, oh. And then he's all happy about it. I I I think they did like a six-month-later follow-up type thing, and I don't believe he had a girlfriend or anything, but he said that the experience I, was good. I'm pale. I'm sure he's dead right I now. I am pale. I'm fucking sure. <laughs> that is... Yeah, oh, you should God. you should see that it. Is, that's grim, dude. It's really really that's funny. <laughs> it, yeah, you shouldn't laugh, but it totally was. Intended but I mean, the that. fact <laughs> that they sent him, they sent him to the Netherlands to to, to go to get have all laid. Some, like yeah. literally the premise of the documentary is like, let's watch this weirdo who can't fuck and let's make him fuck, and yeah. we're gonna film the whole thing. Yeah, it's like something you know people so, would do to bully people in school or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, let's make him fucking. Oh my god, dude, I. Oh my god! Oh fuck! Yeah, that's the uh, naked I mean, model right there. That's Beta House. No, Beta House that's, is worse. I mean, the, you know that that four year old virgin is kind of touching, I suppose. It's yeah, <laughs> there's something I, vaguely I touching about it. I, it's but, not quite as explicit. It's not like there's a narrator going like, "Oh, watch him go!" Like, <laughs> that would rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at his little pecs! Oh, he's Graham gonna get Norton. He's gonna get a finger <laughs> sticky. See, speaking of Graham Norton, uh oh, interestingly. There is a movie called, I think it's just called Another Gay Movie. Okay. Or it might just be called Gay Movie. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those type of movies. But it's... <laughs> That's almost as big as a, a big of a niche as, like, the the teen sex comedy. Mm, yeah, but this is... I, it's somewhere in between doing a kind of American Pie, but with gays. Yeah. And being, like, not another teen movie. So kind of like a parody oh, spoof okay. type That's thing. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Also pretty high up on my list of like most graphic fucking comedies ever. But not another like, gay movie. Yeah, I think it's called. Okay. I think it's called a gay movie or or another. It might be called another gay movie. Yeah. Um, from I don't know, two thousand four or five, whatever. Uh, what happened? That's that got some pretty fucking gross shit in it. Not not just because it's gay, but they have <laughs> not just because it's gay. <laughs> no, I mean, that's obviously. <laughs> 
No, but what I mean is it's, it's not like, oh, well, it's fine when they do it in American Pie because it's all ladies and tits and there stuff, but now this is guys yeah. or whatever. No, it's not that. It's because they, for some reason, make it really gross. Like, they have... Um, that. There's one bit... I can't remember exactly why, but I think uh, a guy gets his genitals fried Okay. in a... It might be a hairdryer, a la mm. the Pendulette story. Um, oh, my God. But they yeah. show it, and they show these, like, weird mangled burnt genitals and oh, wow. shit like that. But the reason... Graham Norton comes into it because he is in it. Yeah. <laughs> For some fucking bizarre reason, Graham Norton is in this American <laughs> low-budget gay movie. Yeah. And uh, he turns up at one point. Um, you know, I think he's Fried like, genitals, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's... Um, I think he's a teacher. He's meant to be like a sexy teacher, which, by the way, Graham Norton... Not sexy. Like, you couldn't have found guy. someone better. But I think he's playing a yeah. German... And uh, at some point, the guy who has a crush on him ends up hooking up with him, but then it turns out he's, like, really into BDSM kink stuff. And he turns up wearing, like, this weird harness and this enormous fucking erection. Yeah. This, like, giant erection with a a Prince Albert piercing in it. Okay. This is Graham Norton. Right. (laughs) Walking around (laughs) with this huge car. And I think he ends up doing a... Is it a Cleveland steamer? What? Yeah, under a glass shitting table on and someone? shits on yeah. the shits on the glass table, and you see it. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh my god, what are these movies? <laughs> and I think that's the bit that's parodying the 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 Shannon Elizabeth scene in American Pie because I think it's being live streamed. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, all of that being said, what do you think Vulture's number one movie of the decade was? Well, I think we made it clear: American Pie, Better House. <laughs> well, aside from that one. You'll never guess, uh, but no. Let me. Okay, I won't guess it, will I? You, you'll never, you'll never get, you'll never know, mate. Uh, what? Uh, is it British? You won't hear about it. No, it's give not me British. a nationality. What? Uh, I would. That's kind of hard to gauge, actually. Really? I would say the director is from one place, but the leads are all from another place, and I don't know where it was shot. Well, you don't need to say where it was shot. Um, but I mean, I don't know what <laughs> makes a movie a certain thing. Because uh, it's what like so, like for example, okay, so for example, what, if Alfonso Cuarón shoots Gravity, what type of movie is that? Is that a Mexican American, movie or an American, no, movie? It's an American movie? And this is an American movie. Okay, I mean it's Gravity. <laughs> no, I was about to say, really? Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Birdman, but that's an Oscar winner, so you're, you're close. Saying... Close? No, you're not really? close at all, actually. Oh, great. Um, but you're you're right to think about prestige movies, I guess. But no, even so, I don't know that this I got any major prestige. Really. Um, you want a hint? Yeah, give me a hint. This movie was mildly embroiled in controversy, or rather, the director was embroiled in controversy around the time this movie was released mm. for some sloppy phrasing in an interview. Oh. Oh. It's not Lars von Trier. It's not Melancholia. Melancholia is the number really? one movie of the decade, according to Vulture.com. Are you serious? According to this, uh, let's That's see. That's very interesting. It's strange, to be sure. Uh, so here's what they write about it. No image from this decade at the movies has felt as radical reverberant as that of Kirsten Dunst luxuriating like a grand odalisk of annihilation <laughs> in the light, yeah. ro- in the yeah, light yeah, of yeah, the yeah, rogue yeah. planet stre- set to destroy humanity in melancholia. That's a very fancy way of saying the scene where she shows her tits. Oh, yeah, because she's at the very beginning, <laughs> That's right? Literally- no, very- no, no, it's in the middle. What are you talking about? Where she's like almost like yeah, she's sunbathing. sunbathing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in the middle. 
That's not part of that big opening sequence, no. Oh, no, no. So they're basically saying, well, I like it's it the movie of the decade. The <laughs> 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 like, this is the scene where Kirsten like Dunst whoops him out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's the 18-year-old virgin all over Maybe again. Maybe my man. friend Aaron wrote this. He's obsessed with Kirsten Dunst. Lar- <laughs> 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 Lars von Trier's 2011 magnum opus is a film about depression, and it's a film about the end of the world, and more than anything, it's a profoundly resonant fi- Oh, wait. Are they leading this up to a fucking Trump thing? It's the movie of the decade no. because this is the decade in which Trump got elected and it's about the apocalypse. And Oh, God. I hope Let's not. find out. That movie had nothing to do with With Trump? Well, political. sure. No, but like... Lars, not- Lars Unchers <sighs> is a film about depression and it's a film about the end of the world. And more than anything, it's a profoundly resonant film about how the two can feel indistinguishable from one another. Sure. Okay. All fair so far. Melancholia is about personal apocalypses so all-consuming that it can be hard to notice when an object from space burns up all the air in the atmosphere on its collision course with Earth. Von Trier knows his destructive impulses. He essentially stab- sabotaged the premiere of this, the best thing he's ever made. I mean, Jesus. Uh, with his behavior at the <laughs> press conference, which speaks to his close personal knowledge of the impulse to burn down everything around you. Well, don't read into the yeah. guy's fucking actions like that. But what pushes this particular work into greatness is the tenderness it affords for characters like the one played by charlotte gainsburg who are invested in the world and who fight no matter how fruitlessly i agree with that charlotte gainsburg was a very sympathetic character it may conjure up a vast emotional void but it never forgets what it means and how much it costs to care um yeah i think that's a well well written summary sure, but look, Allison I, I Wilmore like... wrote that by the way who used to write for the dissolve uh, uh, before, well i like that movie dissolve, well enough but dissolved. um <sighs> I like that movie well enough. I would never consider putting it even in my probably top ten of the decade. It wouldn't even occur to me. I'll tell you uh, something. Yeah, tell me. I'll tell you something. I saw... Have you seen the new Fred Durst flick? Uh, what do you mean? Fred Durst has uh, made Obviously a movie. the answer is no. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Fred Durst has made a movie. Another one. He's made a few before. Okay. He's a director and a writer. Um, this one starring John Travolta. Cuso. No, not Cuso. That's <laughs> Flying Lotus made that. Uh, no, Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit fame has made another movie. Uh, this time starring John Travolta and tackling the <laughs> the uncharted waters of an obsessive fan being obsessive and creepy with a celebrity to Uh-oh. the point where it ends in violence. Uh oh. Yeah. You telling me that this guy's celebrity obsession went goes too far? Yeah, it goes too far. Can oh you imagine? Oh my god. Okay, go on. Can you fucking imagine? But I'm on w- board, but I'm suspicious <laughs> that that could ever happen. <laughs> but the weirdest thing about it is that the only famous person in the movie is John Travolta. Fred who, Durst. <laughs> okay. No, it's John Travolta who plays the uh, plays the obsessive fan. Um, Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, John Travolta plays the obsessive fan. And huh. he plays him as someone is, who is clearly autistic, or at least Fred yeah. Durst's idea of what an autist might look like. Right. So he's got this weird haircut Uh-oh. where, like, basically, it, I mean, he, he looks like uh, something out of Sling Blade. You know, he's, he's uh, got, you know, he looks like he's had lobotomy mm-hmm. surgery, so yeah. his head shaved and weird parts. Give me some and, of them French rod taters. Yeah, and he's talking good, weird, and he's like... And okay. he's <laughs> obsessed with this guy, played by, I, I want to get his name right, I think it's Devin Sawa, uh, the guy who was in Final Destination, but oh, 
the first Final Destination, but more importantly was uh, Stan in the music video for Eminem's Stan, which is a song about an obsessive fan writing letters to a celebrity idol. There is a scene in this movie where John Travolta is writing a letter (laughs) to Ah. Devin Sauer's character with a voiceover. It may as well have had... Stan There's underscoring a pregnant it. Dido walking around in the Serious, fucking back of the room. May as well. Well, you know uh, what's funny about that too is if you think about when Limp Biscuit was popular, who was who, well, Fred who Durst was and, his contemporary on the radio? Well, Fred Durst and Eminem had a falling out as well. Yes. So that's interesting. Uh, but so what? Anyway, what you got is you got this weird fucking movie with John Travolta, you know, stumbling around Hollywood, getting bullied, and. Uh, it sucks. It's fucking awful. It's been, it's like it's being written by a twelve year old. To be fair, John Travolta probably putting as much effort into it as he's put into anything sure. for the past like you know twenty years or so. He's, Is he I think hard he's up really for trying. work? I don't. I mean, he's certainly not getting cast in anything particularly good anymore. I, I guess he did that O.J. Simpson miniseries on FX. I he wonder if Kip played played ruined his ruined his chances by outing by him. outing him as a Scientologist. <laughs> no, I think if anything, it was all that weird masseuse stuff. Oh, you're probably right. But um and the fact that he's just kind of weird. Yeah. He's just he's just kind of weird. He looks fucking weird now and mm-hmm. he's had a lot of surgery. He's got this weird hair transplant. He's he's not fashionable. Quentin Tarantino saved his career famously, right? With Pulp Fiction because yes, yes. he was a star and in the 70s right and then he descended the shifts, into right. Look Who's Talking and all that kind of bollocks yeah. and then Quentin Tarantino reinvigorated him with some, you know, integrity with Pulp Fiction, which did really well and then pretty quickly after he slunk back in well in, then he was doing the like hairspray for a second there that was way later yeah no he, in the 90s he went back into doing fucking phenomenon you know the movie about the sure. guy who has a brain tumor so he sure can, yeah i remember that yeah he can move pencils was he in the one where he was an angel <laughs> that was michael yeah that was the next one that I was, was john mention. travolta yeah, yeah it was also john travolta both hilariously crap movies oh and uh <laughs> i remember michael being a tearjerker oh it's fucking was bad yeah <laughs> it's really shit <laughs> Uh, and then Battlefield Earth, obviously, was, sure, and that's yeah. when he really sank his career. Uh, Michael he, and Powder were similar movies. Remember that movie Powder? I don't remember Powder now. It's like an albino, but he's got magic. I don't know. About Go that. on. <laughs> but anyway, so Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit fame, all for the nookie, uh, uh-huh. made this movie. There's a scene in it where the douchebag celebrity is like it's completely out of nowhere. There's no need for the scene. It, the douchebag celebrity is driving his son around in in his car, and he starts and he randomly just says, "Want to listen to some Limp Biscuit?" What? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then there's this extended sequence where he just presses play, and some Limp Biscuit music starts playing, and it goes on for about a minute, minute and a half of pretty much silence with them just sort of listening. The dad sort of listening to Limp Biscuit and saying, "Yeah, I, I, I really like this stuff." When it came out. Oh, my God. And I think it was Fred Durst's attempt at doing a kind of... Like a joke? Like a Lars von Trier-style fuck you critics. You know, self-referential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it just came off as weird and kind of sad. Oh, boy. But you should see that. Well, no, you should It's just one of those days (laughs) when you don't want to wake up. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting movie. It's uh, it's called The the Fanatic, I think. When did this movie come out? This year. Where did you see it? Fucking Shutter or something? No, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Fuck. Dude. Well, if you but pay for Prime, then it's for free. Yeah, it's it's a kind of insane movie. Fred Durst's idea of what 
you know, kind of autograph hunters I like. Yeah. It's pretty much the same as Ricky Gervais' idea of it in Derek. I don't even remember that. No, no Derek. one's seen Derek, unfortunately. You know who loved Derek? Like, unironically, completely loved Derek, which should be David fair. Dickens. No, I've uh. never seen it, so I can't fucking attest one way or the other. Shannon Garland. Oh, I can believe that. Would watch Derek and weep openly. I can she believe that. She fucking loved it. Yeah, because it's the most blatant fucking... It's the same kind of... It's basically, you know, the same kind of people who would cry over seeing one of those videos of, like, a dog seeing his marine owner come back from oh yeah Iraq. i saw a few of those in my day too I yeah saw. you know that's the level of uh pathos. she's got a big heart <laughs> you can't that's the level that. of pathos you have with Derek. Yeah. i mean Derek's fucking don't get me started on Derek. i could go on for hours a door where there is no i'm door. obsessed with that fucking yeah. show it, it's <laughs> such a marvel especially combining it with how rick gervais was pretending it was being received compared to how it was actually being received like people were saying it sucked, and he thought that they were just saying it was of- offensive to portray a retarded person. Well, there was that. No, he he did it entirely in response to him getting canceled for using the word "mong" a lot. <laughs> he started he started calling people "mongs" on Twitter, and "mong" is right. in England. It's like yeah, short no. for mongoloid, yes, and it's yeah. not like a good word to call people. No, and <laughs> I would agree with that. He started getting in trouble for that, and then you know, Ricky Gervais, especially on Twitter, he's constantly going on about like you have no right not to be offended. You know, the, yeah, all this yeah, boring sure. fucking shit. Sure. But then he got canceled for it, and he said, oh, I didn't know it was an offensive word. Which, <laughs> he literally played ignorant. Know? He played fucking ignorant. And so then, you know, some people were bringing up YouTube clips where he's literally equating, you know, Susan Boyle with being a fucking mong. And it's like, yeah, you, yeah you're not you talking about exactly. her being an idiot. You're talking about her looking as if she's disabled, right? Yeah. So Completely full of shit, but he got in trouble for that, and then he said he'd never apologize for a joke, so he sort of didn't. Right. But his apology was making this show called Derek, based on a character who is a monk, right? (laughs) (laughs) And not at all, by the way. The character's like mildly autistic. Well, no, 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 no. So here's the no, no. So here's the thing. That that. Go ahead. I'll wait. Jesus, yeah. Just going to give it a second. Cool down. So that's the thing. That character, the character of Derek predates the show Derek by about 15 years or 10 years, maybe. I did not know that. He made the sketch, which has mysteriously disappeared from the entire internet, uh, about this guy who lived with his mom and was an autograph hunter and was uh, clearly, you know, a bit wrong in the head. And apparently he did it live, too. He went on stage doing this kind of, like, gurning face. Like that. Gurn is, like, when you kind of yeah, stick like your he lower... Like jut- he juts his lower jaw out I didn't and know this. hair down. By the way, I didn't know this until recently, but gurn is a specifically British word. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's a great so, word. I mean, So for our audience, describes... gurning is, like, kind of pulling a... Yeah, if you, like, put, put lower your, lip, you know, lower lip out. Yeah. Just kind like of... Like, yeah. 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 You know, like the pantalets kind of gurn. Right, yes. Um... Yeah, so he had this really very outdated sketch, and um, that disappeared from the internet. And then he brings this character back into a heartfelt... It's not even a sitcom. It's... I don't know what it is. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> well, that I, I, I just know that if I start, I'll go into way too much detail, and I'll bore the fuck out of everyone listening. True. Let's go back just to watch the fucking it. Watch it for yourself. It's, 30 movies. It's on Netflix. <laughs> just watch it for yourself. It's absolutely fucking mad. 
Yeah. Like, this is Ricky Gervais. It, it's a show made by a total narcissist. Uh, not only a narcissist, but kind of a sociopath, I think. Uh, and it's his... <laughs> it's a sociopath's idea of what, like, kindness is. And right. what, what uh, you know, warm-heartedness is, or what uh, empathy is, and all of this kind of stuff. It's... It's fucking insane. It's like watching something made by a total psycho who has no idea. There what is a fascinating nice thing is. about that. If you like, if you want to get, you want to, you know what? Let's talk about comedy for a second, kids. It's really interesting because I'm actually sort of coming more to a point where I'm not in a not in an entirely accepting way, but I'm sort of becoming more comfortable with the idea of. Yeah, you know what? It comedy does often have a victim and like there is something to be said for comedy which is really kind of fucking mean. Yeah. And I don't I don't love it, but like even like Nathan for you, which I used to fucking rail against, I'm like, yeah, I do still think it's kind of mean, but I think it's funny. It is funny. Oh, and like we've had this all, conversation. Uh, yeah, let's we don't need to rehash we've it. Had, we, I don't think we've I think had, we've had it on mic. I don't know if we've had it on the podcast mm. before, but I I have no very little problem with Nathan for you. I think there are a couple of people who I'm like, oh, you probably should leave them alone. But, but um there there is a that there is a good point though about things being funny even if they're cruel or unfortunate or that you shouldn't really laugh at in fact things that you shouldn't laugh at quote unquote tend to be the things that you want to laugh at the most right Right. so and there's a line well a perfect example for me like forget comedy as written and performed and we're trying to make you laugh with this right if you think about real life like the amount of things which you know you shouldn't laugh at and that you wouldn't laugh at someone's face but are really funny I have a perfect example of this. When I was in London, when I was about 16, I was on the tube. I was coming up the escalators, right, from right. the subway station. And um, there were these two girls. Um, I don't know if it is relevant. Ah, fuck it, it is relevant. They were, they were pretty fat girls. Uh-oh. And they were okay. fucking around uh, trying to go, trying to walk down the up escalator. Yeah. And they're laughing and fucking, ah, yo, well, I'm going down. One of the girls tumbles somehow falls all the way down oh no the upper escalator literally like a bouncing ball yeah lands at the bottom and uh loudly farts and shits her pants uh well i said everyone has a line i have (laughs) never laughed harder no I've never laughed harder. Now I didn't oh, laugh at the grim. time. At the time, <laughs> at the time I saw it. At the time I saw it, I didn't laugh. You know, I had yeah. that same kind yeah. of concern that you, in, in the decent society anyway, that yeah. one would have. But when I, you know, got out of it and <laughs> walked onto the street and was able to really think about it, not only did I laugh my ass off, I also shit my pants. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, quite often the stuff that you see, it's like, oh, well, that's probably really unfortunate for the person. Imagine being in that situation. That would be horrible. Right. But the fact is you're not. You're removed from it. Right. You're able to see it for what it is. And well, quite often some things are just really funny. Well, let's talk about your guy going way back a, to episode 10 or whatever. There, there was a really disabled guy in, um, oh, in an airport. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to regret advancing no, this theory. No, 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 bringing no. it out of the woodwork. That was a really. Was, I don't know if he was disabled or if he was just old. Like, yeah. He was in a wheelchair. He's being wheeled around and yeah. you know, kind of gurning, as you would say. Okay. 
and he was just <laughs> being rolled around shouting, Bum! 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 No, you're oh, laughing God. at that, you're, but you're, you're, you're also uh, you know, rubbing your face and yeah. kind of going, oh, no. But it's the thing. Some things are just funny. The, wo- right. the world isn't um, perfect or nice or no, fair sure. very often, and um, there's nothing really guaranteeing that everyone should be comfortable and that should, everyone should be happy. And Unfortunately, if something does make you happy, whether or not it should... No, Grant, that argument could be taken to a very... <laughs> We're coming. <laughs> Legalize first degree yeah. murder. Yeah, Eat exactly. Shit. Right, right. <laughs> no, but, you know, it, yeah. and it harmed none. If you find something funny, I don't think you should necessarily feel ashamed for finding it funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. There are things that. Or maybe you should feel ashamed, but that's okay. Well, look, so, for instance, I, I don't want to. I mostly don't want to upset or offend people. So, like that story about, the, you know, the, the old guy shouting, BOOM! Right. I wouldn't say that someone who I knew had an elderly, demented relative yeah, yeah, or yeah. disabled relative yeah. or whatever. Granted, I'm saying this on the podcast where... Who knows po- who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's listening. He's just going, Bob! <laughs> <laughs> the other reason I found that funny in that airport, though, was that I know you're not meant to shout bomb in an airport. And the way he was shouting bomb, he had like a northern accent. So oh, he's going like, bomb, bomb, like, bomb. Yeah. like that. And I was like... <laughs> Imagine yeah. <laughs> he got fucking pulled up. They got they got taken aside. <laughs> you know, they start stripping him, searching uh, for bombs. Nah, so you find that funny? Now that's where in my mind I'm like, no, nah, that wouldn't be. That'd be a shame. <laughs> I mean, no, I think in a fictional context, in a fictional funny. context, sure. But if yeah. in real life, you know, oh the, no, that'd be the terrible. Family, <laughs> <laughs> now it's starting to become funny again. Wait, now I'm imagining oh, no. the family. <laughs> They're like, no, no, he just says that. He says that everywhere. He just lights bums. <laughs> Yeah, well, it sounds sorry, like... Sorry, Les, we're going to have to... Yeah, they separate them, yeah. they're wheeling them off. And you just go, bum, bum, bum. The last shot is, it's like yeah. the end of The Godfather with the guy closing the office <laughs> yeah, door exactly. on Al Pacino. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they sort of wheel him in there, sitting there, yeah. he turns his head around slowly. <laughs> bum! Door slams like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Diane Keaton is crying outside yeah. the door. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the Daniel Todd rape joke controversy uh it i don't i don't really know what i thought about it it seems so Do you long remember ago it? now yeah so if i recall correctly for those of listening at home the controversy was daniel tosh was in a comedy club and he made some kind of rape joke which he's made many of in the past and i guess somebody heckled out from the audience they said rape is never funny mm-hmm. and he and his retort was well, actually, wouldn't it be funny if that if that lady got raped by like five guys right now? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a retort, I guess. I don't think he. I don't think if five guys actually raped her, he would laugh. Exactly. Um, All right. So I think it was a. I think it was a poorly written joke, but it was a. It wasn't off written. The cuff, yeah, yeah. It was an off the and cuff retort. And to be fair. There is that was kind of one of the first online, yeah, like cancels. Yeah, yeah. It was that, and um, well, Michael Richards, I think, really ah, was, that was a first. different yeah. story. <laughs> but that's what that was. That was the point I was about to make. A very, yeah. very different story. Yeah. Michael Richards. That was someone who was genuinely pissed off, yeah. not trying to be funny anymore, throwing a tantrum. I and I laughed I think... at some Afro Americans. <laughs> That was the funniest thing about that. Look, look, all right. If we're talking about the if we're talking about the ethics of comedy, 
There is nothing funnier than Michael Richards apologizing. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what the ethics of it are, but I know it's funny. Apologizing oh for God. his racist outburst at a heckler. <laughs> Tell the on story. fucking Tell the story. what was it on Letterman? Yeah, yeah. Jerry, it wasn't even Michael Richards. I mean, <laughs> so Michael Richards, by the way, who played Cosmo Kramer in um, Seinfeld, <laughs> you know, one of the most goofiest fucking sitcom characters. Oh god! Apparently, tries to revitalize his stand-up career. Yeah, he does a show. I think this is also at the Laugh Factory. That that yeah, that place is. If those walls could talk. <laughs> He did a did a show, and I guess he was getting heckled by a couple of Afro-Americans, as he would say. <laughs> yeah. And the, the so this video surfaced, and it starts when he's already yelling. So you don't really know what exactly well, it, transpired. If I recall, he's like kind of talking, and then he just like maybe you get four words before he just bursts into. He pretty yeah. much <laughs> uh, when the video starts anyway, he's already off on one. You're not seeing any of his set. You're not hearing any of the heckling. You're just seeing him kind of yell. Well, if at, I recall correctly, the story goes that it wasn't even heckling. It's that they were like being too loud. Too, yeah, being they were sorry. Seated. They, were, they yeah. were talking too loud. And yeah. to, to be fair, who knows? Like yeah, I don't know I what don't know actually either. happened. It might have been really annoying. It doesn't really but justify boy, oh what boy. he Because <laughs> <laughs> what he did was then started yelling a bunch of shit about um, the N word uh, was used liberally. <laughs> Yeah, and he was also yeah. Like if this was fifty years ago, you'd be walking out of here with pitchforks up your ass, right? Yeah, like and it's fucking funny in this video because everyone stands up and just walks out. Yeah, yeah. There's no one really yelling back at him that much. People right. are just standing up and leaving. They're going, "This is fucking weird." <laughs> Kramer, Cosmo Kramer is on stage, losing it, yelling, at the, so and losing, and he and as he's losing it, he goes further. Because yeah. he realizes he's already lost them, so he's like, I'm going to push this as far as I can. Yeah. And it's not funny. Like yeah, he, he, You bad. can tell he's not trying to be funny. He's trying to just yell. And I don't think, by the way, that he's probably especially uh, racist himself or anything like that. I think, well, he's got something buried in there. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think it, I think you would have had a similar invective if it, was a, if it were white people who were disrupting him. But I he think for the first, if it was like a fat person, it was, maybe. yeah, it was just I think that yeah. was someone who was just in a fucking state. I get it when I'm driving sometimes. If I'm yeah. like driving a long time and I'm in traffic and someone pulls like a dickhead move in a car yeah. and I see you just them look for the first whatever thing is that I obviously yeah. you can't hear them. You don't know anything about them, but you look at the first identifiable thing about them. And that's what you fucking saw. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I do understand it. But that being said, so that's the video. That video that went goes viral, out. But that's not and the he funny part. Gets canceled like crazy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but this was back in the day where like a cancellation. They weren't dime a dozen. This like made no, the news. Oh, this was big. Yeah, yeah. This made the news. This was like, everyone was fucking talking about it. Right. And so then Jerry Seinfeld, for some reason, <laughs> goes on David Letterman as Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. Not in character, nothing. No, and not to promote himself. anything. Nope. I don't think I'm he really goes on there. About my friend Michael Richards. He goes yeah. on there to defend his co-star Cosmo, well, Michael Richards, former co-star. This is former ten years after yeah. Seinfeld. Easy, but I guess yeah. you know uh, Michael Richards' career didn't really go anywhere from there. So no. Jerry Seinfeld is going to be a spokesperson. He's decided, right? Nice of him. He didn't have to do that. I've really misjudged. Absolutely misjudged, but it was a so world before cancel culture. So they're, so they're on Letterman. Yeah. And he goes, well, I think he would like to say a few words. And they do this video link <laughs> they to... the screen. Yeah. The screen comes out and 
there's a video link to Cosmo Kramer yes. sitting, looking very shifty. It's a live stream. It's yeah. a li- yeah, it's a live video yeah. link. Yeah. Uh, Michael, to Michael Richards back in LA or wherever, yeah, looking very shifty, and so, there's a delay so just on the real, real quick, real quick. So like, by shifty you mean my man looks like Kramer, like his he looks hair's exactly all like Kramer. Up. He looks his exactly like Cosmo hunched. Kramer. He's got too He's, big of a tie, yeah. too big shoulders on his. He jacket. looks like a like a you know like yeah. a disgraced PI or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah exactly. he looks like Kramer. He looks like Kramer. <laughs> And the order, so the screen comes. He he's comes up on the screen forlorn. before he's even said a word. He comes up on the screen, and the audience is laughing. Yes, because the audience. By the way, the audience have come there to see a Letterman taping. Yes, they're expecting to be entertained. They didn't, they didn't buy tickets to the Michael Richards apology. Exactly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're expecting to be entertained. They're like, oh well, we're gonna get some funny jokes. Oh, Seinfeld's oh, on. My oh my god, here's Kramer. So yeah. they're all like laughing and yeah. kind of applauding, like yeah. like they would when Kramer came on in Seinfeld. And then, you know, Jerry's like, Michael, do you have something that you'd like to say? <laughs> and this poor fucking bastard sitting in a room alone with a video camera, probably, or you know, like someone just filming him, right. going, uh, uh, there's a little delay, too, I think. So there's this yeah. awkward pause where he doesn't say anything. And the audience no. starts laughing again. Yeah. And he goes, uh, yeah, I... I I'm just <laughs> racked with guilt over yeah. here, Jerry. I'm not feeling good. I, I last job. I, yeah, that's I, it. I think yeah. I have a letterman or Jerry says, like, you know, how's it going? And he goes, pretty bad. Yeah, 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 like yeah, that. yeah. The audience laughs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as they yeah. would. As you fucking yeah, would exactly. in that situation. And he goes, yeah. he goes <laughs> and at some point, like, Jerry. I'm with guilt. But then he explains what happened. He goes, I I was in a club and and I lashed out at some Afro Americans and then they all which laugh is exactly which is exactly what Kramer would say right. if he'd done it. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, well, Jerry, I I lashed out at some Afro Americans. Afro. So then they all laugh at that, and, and then, then what you happens? Hear, you hear Jerry. You don't even see him because it's still the the, yeah, it's the still video, video feed is still on. So you hear the Kramer, audience laughing, and then you hear bit. Jerry yeah. Seinfeld's like honking little voice. Oh, stop laughing! It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh out loud, funny. That <laughs> him, him saying that, as if it wasn't funny already, as if it wasn't fucking funny already. <laughs> then you have Jerry Seinfeld's little voice, this fucking weird image of Kramer, <laughs> admonishing the audience like a fucking supply stop teacher. Laughing. <laughs> stop laughing! It's not funny. You know what? <laughs> Fuck this whole podcast. Fuck this whole discussion. That is the essence of comedy. <laughs> Someone telling you, oh, well, yeah. stop laughing, it's not stop funny, it, yeah. is the like, funniest thing. Stay off the grass or don't think of a oh black cat. Oh, my God. I, can, I wish that there was a video, you know, like, I, I wish someone had recorded the angle of the audience when he said that. Because <laughs> you would see people biting their cheeks, trying not to laugh. Stop <laughs> laughing. It's stop not laughing. Funny. It's not funny. <laughs> Fucking idiot. What do you expect? Oh my Christ. All right. What? That no, that's no, I'm that's it. I think we can't wrap it up on anything stronger than stop laughing. Stop it's laughing. Not funny. It's not funny. Fuck. All right, man. That's the comedy boys have dissected it tonight.